just emphatically it just says it. If you draw nigh unto him, and one of the best ways we can do that is lift him up in praise. Folks, that's just who he is. That's what he is. The Bible says if we draw nigh unto him, he'll draw nigh unto us. He doesn't hold us, he doesn't hold anything against any of us, praise God. Our God is such a such an awesome God in Jesus' name. Before you're seated, I, if it's proper, I want you just to lay hands on the person next to you. And we're going to pray again. Let's ask the Lord to Clear all of the mechanisms in Jesus' name. Dot every I, cross every T. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, that's it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Yes. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Praise you, Jesus. What a wonderful God. Wonderful God that we serve in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen. What a wonderful God that we serve. You can be seated. Amen. Uh, tonight, just so you know, um, uh, there will be no collective service tonight. The ladies are having their Bible studies here, have their Bible study here at the church, beginning at 3.30 here in the sanctuary, much like what the men do in Jesus' name. And so um, you just keep that in mind. We'll pick this up as a congregation again on Wednesday. And so if there's anything in the meantime that you need, um, that you um, would, uh, would like to start, praise God. I, I feel like there's somebody here today that you would really like to know more about God. And one of the best ways that we can do that or one of the ways that we can apply that to our life is by getting into God's Word. And we have a wonderful Bible study. It's called Search for Truth. And it's a, it's, it's a little bit of a commitment on your, ha on your part, but um, it'll take you, for 12 lessons, it'll take you through the Bible, um, and it'll give you a good overview of what the Scriptures really, really are talking about and what would be our place. What does God want from us? What is God expecting from us in Jesus' name? Those are all things that, um, uh, that, that God wants to help us to figure out, and so that our place with God will be secure in Jesus' name. Praise God. And so keep those things in mind. Also, uh, we just, uh, this morning, we found out that the 22nd of February, um, which is a Thursday night, there's going to be a series of lessons that are going to begin here at the church, and that is through the end time, and um, excellent, excellent Bible study. Um, it will, if, if you can be a part of that, you know, there, the invitation is going out. Um, uh, and so uh, the McCarthy's are going to be hosting that, and so that's going to be a video series and some discussions. So if you're interested in that kind of thing, you know, there's a place for you there in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? amen. Praise God. Let me give you some scripture here today. This has been a beautiful service. Um, uh, those of you that are visitors here or maybe just people who don't come on a regular basis here, this is a good church. These people are solid people. They are not um, uh, fly-by-nights, and they're... they're what you see is what you get. They're not trying to be hypocritical or anything like that, but these folks love to worship God. They love to come to church. They love to be faithful to the things of God, and man, it shows. It really does. That's why it doesn't take us long to get started here, and it's because God honors that kind of commitment in Jesus' name. I believe that 2024 can be the year for, um, for people to make a, a greater commitment to God, that you can it up and you can begin to see some results in your life that nothing else can take the place of. Amen. You know, um, God doesn't give us substitutes. You know, he doesn't give us shortcuts. He gives us the real deal 
And that's what, what we need, praise God. And as we begin to um, apply these things to our life, there's just a lot, a lot of things that can happen. But let me help somebody here today, maybe I'll clarify a few things. You know, sometimes we don't know what our place is. Sometimes we know what does God expect from me, and, and, um, and, and then what, what can I expect from God? And sometimes we can get those two things tangled up. As human beings, the Scripture teaches us at creation, God gave us God tendencies. Now, we're not God. Don't ever take that place. You'll be greatly disappointed, frustrated, and, and, um, and you, will, you will not get the results that you need. We're not God. He is. Can somebody say amen? amen. But God has given us God tendencies. Amen. And so, um, you know, uh, he made us in his image. And sometimes that image gets lost. Sometimes it gets obscure. Sometimes it gets kind of fuzzy you know, with the world that we're in, praise God. But God can bring that image back and return you to a place not only of favor, but he can return you to a place of righteousness. And what that means is right standing. Now, that didn't give you a right or me a right to brag, but what it does is it gives us tremendous standing in the Lord. And there's no better place in the world there isn't. You and I don't earn that. God has already provided that. But there is some things that you and I need to keep in mind that we can add to the, to the equation. And hopefully today I can help you with that. Praise God. You know, the best thing we can know is, what is what's, our, what's, what's our area? What are we supposed to be doing? And what is God going to be doing in Jesus' name? Let me um, begin this in the book of James, chapter number 4. James chapter number 4. Let me begin reading in verse number 6. Amen. The book of James is a tremendous book. It's packed full of all kinds of stuff. And so I, the Bible says in chapter number 4 and verse 6, it says, But he giveth, and that he is God, of course, he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Now there's a key element right there, humility. And humi humility is not poor self-esteem. It's just recognizing who he is and recognizing who you are. And so the Bible says that sometimes we can actually feel a little bit of the resistance of God. And that's because sometimes we want to take our, his place. We want to take credit for what he's doing. And, and again, that can be a very dangerous place. Now, in verse number 7 there, it gives us a key, another key word there. And the word is submission. Amen, or submit. And the Bible... <clears throat> The Bible says, submit yourself, therefore, it says to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Now again, that's another key ingredient, and the reason it is, is because sometimes we get the cart before the horse. Sometimes we want to resist the devil without submitting to God, and that's why we get poor results. And so God wants to help us with that in Jesus' name. And then here's a mandate that God has for us. He says, draw nigh unto God, and he will draw nigh unto you. There is a guarantee. That is a promise that God gives to us. And then it says, cleanse your hands, ye sinner, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Praise God. And so there's just a few of the ingredients there that God can help us with. And I believe that he, he wants to do that here today. I believe that there's maybe somebody here today in this place that this is your day to get started. Started. This is your day that you can say, okay, I'm, I'm not going to put this off any longer. I'm not going to hesitate. I'm not going to make excuses. I'm not going to shirk my responsibility. I am going to get started in Jesus' name. Is there somebody here that's brave enough to lift up their hand right now and say, that's me? Praise God. I'm going to pray for you right now before we go on in Jesus' name. Father, in the name of Jesus, that's a real conviction. That's not something that came from our emotional banks. That is something that you put on our heart right now. And Lord God, I pray that they will receive with meekness this engrafted word that is able not only to save them, but is able to help them to start this journey and to get a strong foothold on the things that you have for them, even in the next day and the next week in the name of Jesus. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I give you the praise and the glory and the honor for all that's going to happen and Lord Jesus, just let this flow in this place in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in Jesus' name. Praise God. I don't know how many of you were around at the time. I do actually remember this. I was sitting on a picnic table um, in our front yard when, when, when the news came on, and I'll never forget this. It was July the 21st, 1969. 
and I really didn't care much about it, but I, I'll never forget it. There was a lot of things that happened in history that at the time as a teenager, as a young kid, I didn't really care. It didn't matter to me one way or the other, but for some reason, you know, you never forgot it. You know, there was something that made a strong impression. And on the 21st of July, 1969, Neil Armstrong landed on the moon. I don't believe in that conspiracy theory, okay? I believe he actually did it, okay? Call me what you want. But the, it's, and, and he made a proclamation that has been used, I mean, lots of times. And I think it's a good, a good analogy. I mean, I don't know how long it took them to get that trip all together and, and to dot every I and cross every T and that type of thing. But here he was. He was on the moon, praise God. And they were fixing to get out of that um, command module or whatever it was. And they were going to step down onto the surface of the moon. And the thing that that made it, I think, probably so uh, um, prominent is the fact that they were televising this thing. You know, how many remember Walter Cronkite? Yeah, I do too. Um, he was a guy that a lot of people trusted. You know, he was a newsman, but he, he was one that had been around for a long time, and he was the one that was making these things. But then uh, Mr. Armstrong made that proclamation. Some of you will remember this. He said when he got on the surface of the moon, he literally said, that's one small step for man. And it says, and one giant leap for mankind. And so how many steps, how many steps did it actually take to accomplish that? I have no idea. I'm not going to sit here and try to, to, to figure that one out. But I know that when he came to that journey or came to that portion of the conclusion of that journey, praise God, it was not a very big step that he had to take. And that's what I think, you know, stands out a lot of times with us and the Lord. You know, sometimes we feel like we've got to make giant leaps and bounds. And, and, you know, I'm not saying that that can't happen. Don't misunderstand me. The scripture does say that he is able, that's God. He is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. And so I, I'm not going to, I'm going to try not to, as a human being, put a lid on God. But I do know after serving the Lord or attempting to serve God and trying to grow in His grace and in His knowledge, I do know that the vast majority of the things that I get accomplished in the kingdom of God with His help, can somebody say amen, amen. are small steps. They're not giant steps. They're just steps that you, that you normally take on a day. And maybe the direction has been changed. And now all of a sudden, instead of going away from God, you find yourself getting closer to God. And man, that's thrilling, folks, that, that is. There's times when, because, you know, we know ourselves. We do, and that's one of the things that God will reveal to us. He's going to show you you. And sometimes that can be very intimidating, it can be very scary, that type of thing. But the point of it is God wants to join in. He wants to help us. He wants to take that weak person that we are at times, praise God, and He wants to put some strength in us. And a lot of times it isn't the way that we feel like it should. You know, God isn't going to give us, you know, a blue or a red pill and say, take this and everything will be okay. That's not how God does it. What he does is he allows the seed of his word to come into our lives. And then as we embrace it, or let me put it this way simpler, as we receive it, praise God, we begin to find application after application after application for that word. Praise God. How many have found that to be true? That God has showed you one thing and it worked again the next week on another thing. And then maybe on another thing and then maybe on another thing that is the depth praise God that's the length that's the height that's the you know I mean that's that's the way that God's word operates and so that's why what we're doing praise God a lot of times maybe we are taking one small step but praise God because the Lord has allowed us a little bit of continuity or a little bit of consistency in our life praise God we find ourselves in a place that we've never been before can somebody say amen, amen. And folks, that's not our doing. That's God. He allows us to do that. And so I want to encourage somebody here today. Praise God. Start making those small steps toward God. Don't, don't, don't think that you have to qualify or that you've got to come to a place where you, you earn this or you deserve this and that type of thing. Folks, that's just pride. That's what that is. And as we've already read in the scripture, God resists that kind of thing. He does. He wants you to give him all of the credit, praise God. 
Now you can study the word submit, and we use that, that term here in the book of James, and the word actually, you can, it, 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 it can be uh, interpreted a couple of different ways, but one of the ways that you can interpret it is just simply obey him. And so one of the little steps that you can take for God, you know, maybe not just a physical step with your feet, but you can begin to obey God's word. Praise God. I have found that to be so profitable. I have found that to be so, uh, you know, so tremendous, praise God, that if we will allow God's word to live in us and, and, and to obey it, man, we're going to see some results like we have never seen before in Jesus' name. Now look at something here. I want to show you something. Look at the book of Philippians chapter number 2. Amen. And the Bible says there, you know, that chapter is a tremendous chapter. It talks about the fact that we need to have the same mindset, you know, that Jesus had, okay? But that's not what I want to show you here. I want to show you that after we gather the mindset of God, there's lots of things that can happen. Look at uh, Philippians 2 and verse number 11. It says that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Do you see that? And then it goes on to say, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed. Look at somebody and say, Obey. Obey. Yeah, it says, it says not, as in, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. He says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And what, you know, what God wants us to do is he wants us to complete it. Amen. Now, again, I want to be very careful here. We can't interpret that as saying that we can write the plan of salvation. If you do that, you've got pride. If you do that, you're going to find some resistance from God. But if you go into this Bible and you find the way that God wants us to, to know the Word of God, His plan of salvation, then you can immediately begin to work that out. And this is what I want you to understand. That's one of the mandates of God, is He expects us to get to a place where we start doing that. Yeah. See, one of the, um, in my opinion, it's a heresy. There's a doctrine that goes out that, that, that says, well, God will do everything. You don't have to do anything. And that is absolutely wrong. God will do what God can do, and then God will a lot of times will allow you to do what you can do. Can somebody say amen? amen? Now come on, that's taking small steps. There's not one person in this place, praise God, that cannot take those kind of that, that kind of authority in your life. You don't have to sit here and look at the next city or, or, or the next obstacle. You can just look right down at your feet and say, listen, I'm going to keep going for Jesus. I'm going to keep making those steps. Come on, that's what it means when it talks about working out your own salvation. It's talking about the fact that you have a responsibility now that you know. Amen. And God, he isn't going to, you know, uh, intimidate you about that, but he's going to let you know that in Jesus' name. Do you want to know why ultimately? Look at verse 13. Now, after understanding that there are some things that I can do with fear and trembling, for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. You and I wouldn't even know what to do if it wasn't for God. And that's why we need the knowledge of the Lord. That's why we need scriptural teaching. That's why you and I must progress in the things of God. It's because maybe what you were doing yesterday is good and keep doing that. Somebody say amen. But maybe that's just the first step. And maybe now God wants you to take another step, praise God. And with that step, God will give you more and more instruction, praise God. You'll get deeper and you'll get more profound in the things of God. And pretty soon, praise God, you're going to find yourself up a couple of uh, layers of, of stairs that you never thought you could get up before. Come on, can somebody say amen to that? This is the real deal. This is what God has for you and I, praise God. But you and I, we can get so distracted. We can get doing a lot of things that, quite frankly, folks, aren't going to mean nothing in 50 years. It ain't going to mean nothing in 10 years. And I'm not trying to get on your bad side right now, but that's what you and we human beings can do. We can start getting distracted with things that really don't mean much. Amen. And that's not, that's not for me to tell you. That's for God to, do, to create a dialogue in your life. That's what he's done for me, praise God, is he's helped me to understand that there are some things that you can do that aren't sinful, but my goodness, they're not going to accomplish a whole lot. 
And as older I get, praise God. Amen. I'm in his wake right now. I told Brother Larry that on Friday night. I said, Brother, you lead the way, praise God. And I'll just follow right behind you in Jesus' name, bro. You just keep on keeping on, okay? Amen. But I'm going to tell you something. The older I get, the more that that becomes more of a reality to me. That there's a lot of things that I wasted a lot of time on in life. Can I give you one of them? One of them is worry. One of those things is worry. And I'm not going to say that I'm completely eradicated from worry, but I'm going to tell you right now, I don't worry about a lot of stuff that I used to. And the reason I don't is because I have confidence in God. I know that His Word means what it says. I know that God will accomplish these things in the name of Jesus. And a lot of things that I used to put on my shoulder, I took them off of God's shoulder. And God says, put them back on my shoulder. I'm the one that saves people. I'm the one that fills people with the Holy Ghost. I'm the one that by my blood, praise God, I remit their sins in the name of Jesus. Now, come on, folks, that's just a simple example. You and I, we can get caught up in those kind of things. And we need to just simply let God be God. That's what he's good at, praise God. And so you and I, we can, we can do that. But in the meantime, while we're doing that, you and I can accomplish some things in his kingdom by taking those small steps, praise God. And that's what God wants to help us to understand in the name of Jesus, praise God. Now, I want you to turn to the book of Hebrews now, Hebrews chapter number 11. Now, as you're turning there, salvation is one of the most, imp- is, in my opinion, is the most important thing that happens to a person in life. And you don't get saved, you know, because you want to. You get saved because God wants you to. You know, there's, a, there's an ingredient in salvation, and one of the main ingredients of salvation is repentance. And repentance is not just feeling sorry for what you did wrong. Repentance is saying, I want to change. And that comes from God. In fact, the Bible says in the second chapter of the book of Romans, it says it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. Now, you must understand, a lot of times, that's, that's what the case in point is. God isn't going to do it for you. He isn't even going to make you do it. He's just going to lead you to the place where you can. Now, you can take another step. Now you can take another step. Now you can take another step. That's what God has done for you today. That's why he brought you here. It's because he, want, he has led you, praise God, to a place where he knows, and by the way, so do you, that there's some changes that need to take place. Now I don't know what's keeping you from that, and I'm not here to be your judge or your critic, but I'm here to say, today you can take that small step. Come on, today can be the first day that you're going to take that small step, praise God. I'm going to start heading in that direction, praise God. I'm not going to let things intimidating circumstances keep me from doing that no more, praise God. I'm going to draw nigh unto God. Can somebody say amen? That's, that's That's what he gave you as a privilege to do that. Amen. And so salvation comes. And you don't get saved because of some church. You get saved because of Jesus Christ. The Bible says the thing that saves us is the gospel. The message of the gospel. The death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? We say, well, what's my part? Well, you can't go on a cross and die and shed your blood for salvation. You can't do that. That's not your area. But you can identify with it. You want to know how you can identify with it? And you can check out scripture with this. You can begin to repent. And you know what repentance is? It's a type of dying out to sin. It doesn't mean you're sinless. It doesn't mean you never make any mistakes. It just means that you're beginning to die out to that lifestyle and that tendency that you used to have. That's what the scripture says. We, are, we die out to sin. And then the Bible says we are buried with him. Who? Jesus Christ in baptism. That's why baptism isn't some symbolic thing. It is part of identifying with this New Testament salvation. And so the book of of Romans tells us that we are buried with him by baptism. Can somebody say amen? That's why we got a baptismal in our back end. Just a few weeks ago, we baptized people. We do it on a regular basis here. Why do we do that? Because we're just trying to fill up time of a service? No, we're doing it because it's a direct command of God. Amen. And then the Bible teaches us that we can, after we're buried with him in baptism, we can rise up in the newness of life. That's where the baptism of the Holy Ghost comes. Come on, how many here got the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Why don't you thank God again for that? That's what gives you new life. Praise God. Praise God. And so this is how we get salvation. 
This is how we get into salvation. And then once we have salvation, what's there left to do? Well, we begin to grow. We begin to grow in the things of God. So what's ha- what I'm trying to help you to understand is the fact that, praise God, we, can, we continually take those small steps. That's going to be the rest of your life. Now, you might take a couple of big ones. I'm not saying that that won't happen. But I'm going to say that most of the time, what you're going to do is be involved in those still, that, still small, that, 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 that small step, praise God, that small step that God wants you to take. And if you'll continue to do that on a regular basis, you're going to see some growth in your life like you've never had before. See, I've always believed that there's three parts, and there might be more, but I, I can see three distinct parts of salvation. I can see, first of all, an initial salvation. When does it happen? Jesus clarified that for us when he said, a man must be or a person must be born again. That you are saved when you are born again of the water and of the Spirit. Just read John chapter number 3, verses 1 through 8, and you'll get reference to that in the Bible. Praise God. And I want you to notice when you read that, that who was saying that? That wasn't a church. That wasn't an apostle. That was Jesus Christ himself. And Jesus was even a little flabbergasted by the fact that Nicodemus didn't know what that meant. Now again, you don't have to land in that category. God can begin to open up your heart and your mind to the things of God. Somebody say initial. Praise God. And then there's what I call what we just read in in, in second chapter of the book of Philippians. There's a point where you and I have to start working this out. And I'm going to tell you something, folks. I've been doing that for years, and I'm not afraid to admit that. There's a lot of times that the thing that really is, is the, the biggest resistance between my growth is not you, it's not the devil, it's not this world, it's me. That sometimes I have this kind of thinking that I think, well, you know, God, you should cut me a deal. Or God, you should do this or you should do that. Well, listen to me, folks. God can help us to repent of that. And he can help us to begin to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Praise God. That's not a bad word. And then I believe the third part of salvation is eternal salvation. One of these days. Oh, hallelujah. You come to those, uh, those end time classes and you're going to understand and you're going to begin to sense that you're a whole lot closer to that than you think. I'm telling you folks, it used to be a fear tactic. No, not for me anymore. I'm telling you something. I'm anticipating it in Jesus' name. One of these days, there is going to be a trumpet that's going to sound. There is going to be a rapture of God's church. There's going to be a time, praise God, when the, when, when the dead in Christ are going to rise, praise God. That's when our eternity begins. Can you say amen? Praise God. But look at somebody. Look at somebody right now and say, but in the meantime. Yeah. In the meantime, that's where we're at right now. Praise God. They were preaching this stuff hot and heavy back in in the middle 70s when I came to this kind of a group. Praise God. And he hasn't come yet. Amen. But I'm going to tell you something. He's closer today than he was back then. And so salvation is the thing that God wants you to come to terms with. And he doesn't want you to argue with it. He just wants you to receive it. That's really what he wants to do. And so a lot of taking these, taking these little small steps that we take, praise God, can, can, can come down to how does it, how do, what does it mean? And let me show you what I'm talking about here. Look at Hebrews chapter number 11. Bible teaches us there about the importance of faith. And faith is one of those ingredients that's been around for, since mankind. Every, every generation has had to have faith in God if they wanted to get anywhere. And so having that trust in God and having that confidence in Him, that's all part of faith. And the scripture says in the 12th chapter of the book of Romans that God has given to every person the measure of faith. And so He's given us enough to get started. Amen. But you and I have the responsibility to take those steps. See, as we take those steps, our faith will begin to grow. Now, I'm talking about not just any step. I'm talking about our steps towards God. As we begin to draw nigh unto Him with those small steps, our faith in God will begin to grow. Can you say amen? And so faith is very, very important. The scripture tells us it's a substance. And I really haven't quite been able to identify that, but God sees it. You know, one time Jesus was preaching in a house and people tore the roof off. And the Bible says the gentleman who couldn't get in the front door decided to get in the top door. Well, the Bible says that Jesus saw their faith. So you have an example. Them doing that act was an act of faith towards God. So consider that in your life and your lifestyle.
But this is what I want you to see, praise God. The Bible says by faith we can understand things in verse number two, or verse number three. And then it talks about some of the people that live by faith. A guy like Abel, who his brother didn't want to do it right, but he did. And he ended up getting killed for that. But the scripture says because he wanted to do what was right, his blood lives on forever. It speaks. And so you must understand there are some things by faith that will live on and on and on. And then it talks about a man named Enoch where there's not a whole lot of scripture talked about him. It just says that he had this testimony. And what was the testimony? He pleased God. And boy, that's the one that I'm looking for. That's the one steps that I'm trying to take every day. I don't want to just obey God, although I think that's important. I don't want to just know God, although I know that's important. I want to please God. I want to do the things that God wants me to do and be pleasing. I'm not trying to suck up to him, folks. That's not what it is. I'm trying to love him the best way that I can. There's some things I'll never be able to do, and God knows that. But I can do some things. I can draw closer to him. I can live a life that's pleasing to him, praise God. I'm going to tell you something, folks. You want peace at night? That'll give you peace. And so you got all kinds of character studies there that they got involved in faith. But in the meantime, here we are. And the scripture says in verse number six, I know you've heard this before. The Bible says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. So we know right away that this is an expectation of God. God wants you to grow in faith. He doesn't want you to have the same faith that you had 10 years ago. He wants you to have a growing faith, a faith that gets you closer to him, a faith that doesn't start questioning everything that God tells you to do. And you have some kind of a two-week or three-month debate about whether you're going to do it or not, that you become spontaneous, that God begins to speak to you. You read your Bible on Monday, and he tells you to do something. You don't wait until Saturday or Sunday. You do it right away. Can somebody say amen? amen. Now, that's the kind of faith that God wants to give you. That's the kind of small step that you can take. And so it's impossible to please him. Because the Bible says, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, duh. And it says, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently, diligently seek him. And you know, the, you, know you, can, you can look at the word diligently all you want. But let me give you a, um, a, a um, um, what am I, uh, um, Oh boy, I just lost it. Um, an interpretation of that, if I can, right now. And you know what the word diligently means? And you should write this down. The word diligent simply means to make every effort. Now there's your place. Everything that you are doing for God right now, you can run under that radar. Am I making every effort? And I'm not here to judge you. I'm, I'd make a lousy one. I have a hard enough time judging myself with the help of God. But the bottom line is, that's, there's the truth serum. Am I making every effort? Am I putting things off that I shouldn't put off? Am I doing things that I know that are going to keep me out of the house of God or paying my tithes or doing the things that I know that God wants me to do? What are you doing about that? That's what it's talking about there. In that scripture, it tells us without faith in God, we're not going to get anywhere. Yes. But how does faith look? Faith looks by us becoming faithful and diligently seeking him, making every effort we can. Listen to me. The first couple of years I was in the church like this, you people, I didn't know how you did it. My goodness, you guys were busy all the time. You had prayer meetings, you had church services. When I started telling people I was going to church two and three times a week, they looked at me like I was absolutely nuts. They really did. And I'm not here to put numbers on things and stuff like that. But you know, one of the first things I realized right off the bat, and you didn't even have to teach me this, is me and God. Is God and I just started taking inventory in my life. And he started showing me, well, if you want this... You're not going to be able to have that. If you really want this, you're going to have to think about what that's really worth. Now, I'm, not, I'm being very careful here not to put names on things, but boy, could I. I really could. And I'm not here to be facetious or get smart alecky or, or the whole nine yards, but I know that the vast majority of you in this place, even this beautiful young lady right here, she knows exactly what I'm talking about. 
This is stuff that you can interpret. This is stuff that you can get down. You don't have to be in the church for 155 years to get this stuff down. You can begin to let God know, praise God, that I'm in the business of pleasing you. I want my life to be pleasing to you. Now, that doesn't mean you're not going to go to work. That doesn't mean you're not going to take responsibility. It just means you're going to start prioritizing some things in your life. Can somebody lift their hands right now and say, that's where I'm going. I'm taking that small step. I'm taking that small step. Come on, you can do that right here this morning. You don't have to wait until next week. You don't have to wait until next year. You can start doing that right now. You can start taking that step towards God. And I'm going to tell you something. He is a rewarder. God isn't going to hold back his blessings. He wants to give you some. But the scripture says there's an addendum there. He's looking at your heart. And that's why God will examine that. And that's why you and I have got to get to a place on a regular basis. I'm not going to say we don't have our days. Come on, I'm not going to try to be unreasonable after serving God for this long. But folks, I'm going to quit making excuses. There are just times, and you know it, when you haven't made the effort that you need to. You know that you left that prayer meeting before you should have. You know you quit reading that Bible, those chapters, before God really wanted, you know, and he had more to show you. You know that's true. And that's why this year it can be different. You can begin to develop a tenacity for God. You can develop a, a lifestyle, praise God, that says, amen, I'm going to be there, praise God. I'm not going to be a doubting Thomas and skip services. I'm going to be there when Jesus comes. I'm going to be there every time that I can. And I'm not trying to be individualized here, folks. I'm really trying, I'm speaking in generalities here. I understand that. But you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. And every one of you, praise God, have got areas, myself included, that we need to start making a better effort. We need to really start examining what we're doing for the Lord. And I am not talking about perfection. I am talking about flat obedience. Just being obedient to God. This is what brings results from the kingdom of God. He doesn't want your explanations. He doesn't want your excuses. He doesn't want, you know, the reasons why you think you shouldn't be able to do it. He just wants you to believe him, praise God, and start taking those baby steps. Start saying, God, I'm going towards you. I'm not going away from you. I'm going to keep doing this in the name of Jesus and by your spirit and by your word, it's going to be accomplished in the name of Jesus. Praise God, I got to do this. He agrees with just about everything I say. He told me that Friday. Praise God. Come on, brother. You and I are in agreement. If nobody else is, man, I'm going to Larry's house. I'm going to start doing Bible study over there. Praise God. I'm, I'm not kidding. I'm, I'm telling you, folks. And he ain't perfect, are you, Larry? No. But I'm telling you something, folks. This is what works. And that's why the scripture says, work out your salvation. Come on, don't be afraid of that. That doesn't mean you've got to go to a cross and shed the blood in your body. It just means that you have to identify with Christ. And Christ, one time, when he told his disciples, he said, do you really want to be my disciple? You really want to be? You know, well, let me, give you the, let me give you the code here. He said, the first thing you're going to have to learn to do is deny yourself. And folks, I'm going to tell you something. After years of trying, I still have a hard time with that sometimes. But I'm not going to deny that, that that's what has to happen. Sometimes to accomplish the things of God, it just simply means you're going to have to put something else first, not yourself. And I understand that's a slap in the face, folks, but it's exactly what it is. And then he said, you're going to have to learn to pick up your cross. You know, God does have a cross for us to bear. That's, that's simple. Suffering is the will of God. Now, come on, I'm not some person that, that loves it, but it's, it has taught me so many things. And then he says, you've got to follow me. That's what Jesus said. That's the requirement. And so that's part of working out your salvation in Jesus' name. I'm just about done here, and I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond a little bit. You can do it any way you want. I, I, I'm not choosy here, but I, I feel like there's a beautiful spirit working in this place, that we feel strength from God, that God has given us the ability to start vid being visionary. Here in the next coming months, um, um, and we haven't quite worked it out yet. I've got to talk to our leadership about it first, but we're going to begin a capital stewardship campaign. Folks, we need another building. You say, well, what's wrong with this one? Nothing. But I, one of the things that God emphasized to me the last two months is he says, start looking at the future. Start looking at the future. 
Now, you live in the present, and you thank God for the past, but God is a God that moves forward. And so in order for that to be accomplished, and I'm not going to spoil this sermon, but the bottom line is we're going to begin to talk to you about that. Everybody can begin to get involved in that. It's powerful, and the momentum that it gets. You know, my wife and I were talking here, uh, I guess yesterday, we were talking about missions, and this church has always been a giving church to missions. I commend you, praise God. I, you know, you come by it honestly, by the way, because we came out of a church that was the same way. It wasn't much bigger than this, and we supported 33, 35 missions. We just did it, and, and it was just automatic, and God blessed that church, and I still believe that God will bless churches that give to missions, but right away we thought, well, if we've got to start focusing on a new building, we're going to have to quit giving, oh, and I didn't even get it out of my mouth. I said, oh, no, we're not. We're not going to quit giving to missions. We're not going to do that, folks, because you want to know something? The Bible says give, and it shall be, yeah. I believe that God is, uh, one of the things that's going to kick off this campaign, I've already got the first part of the, the, the message, is I'm going to tell you about the miracle of this building. And I'm telling you, we serve a miracle-working God. If you'll just keep those baby steps going towards Him, you'll begin to see the supernatural. You'll begin to see God doing some things for you. In Jesus' name. But I got to end this. I got to land the plane, okay? I circled the airport about three times, and now I'm coming in for a landing, okay? Look at this. I want you to turn to 2 Peter. 2 Peter. Now, look at these scriptures. Let God marinate these scriptures in your mind. You know, Philippians 2, verses 12 and 13. You know, um, uh, Hebrews chapter number 11, verse number 6. Go back to that this week, and let God begin to deal with you about these scriptures, but in the book of 2 uh, Peter here, um, he begins to talk about something here that I'm going to try to go through as fast as I can here. I've got about five minutes left. The scripture says in verse number four, actually in verse number three, I'll, I'll begin. It says, according to his divine power, he hath given, un, given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. So what that gives me the idea of is God's already supplied some things. We're at the supply house. And then verse number four says, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. There are some things that God isn't going to give us down here. He's just holding them for us up there. And you've got to know the difference, okay? You're not going to get a glorified body during this dimension. You're going to have to stick with the one you got and do the best that you can, okay? But one of these days, you're going to get a glorified body. That's a promise, okay? Well, the scripture says... Um, that by these you might par be partakers of the divine nature. That's really what happens when you begin to work out your salvation. You begin to take on the nature of God again. And all of that crud and that stupid stuff that you were doing for years, all of a sudden it starts to fall off, and you don't do that anymore. It's not that you become perfect because you're still dependent on Him, but all of a sudden people start looking at you. Listen to me, folks. I wasn't in the church for a month, and I stopped at a gas station in Cascade, Iowa, and I, and I had a friend, guy I used to run around with in high school and in grade school and stuff, and he was at the gas station. And I, and I pulled up, and I was getting gas, and I said, Hey, Mo, and his name was Mo, Mo Morarity. And I looked, Mo, Mo, and he looked at me. He said, What? Who are you? He didn't know who I was. I looked that different. I'm going to tell you something, folks. Maybe that's not your case, but the bottom line is spiritually you begin to look differently. The closer you get to God, the more you begin to shine His grace. That's why I keep taking those baby steps. Keep taking those baby steps towards Him. And so the scripture says there, it says we become partakers of the divine nature. And then we escape corruption that is in the world through lust. Now, this is what I want you to see. Look at verse number five. It uses a word with diligence. And this is what I want you to begin to see. The Bible says, and besides this, these promises and these things that are happening to me now, he said, besides these things, giving all diligence. And that's what I want you to think about when you see the word diligence any, uh, next time. Am I giving it all? Am I giving it all? Now listen, you know, I know there's conviction in this place today because when we, when we talk about all, we all fall short. That's why we got to keep taking those baby steps towards him. See, you and I, we haven't completed the project yet. 
We're in the process of doing that. You're in the middle portion of your salvation, those of you that have been born again. You were initially born again. You're a brand new creature. That's how God looks at you. But now you're working some things out. Can somebody say amen? And if you're going to really become effective in working these things out, you're going to have to, and I'm going to have to give all diligence, not just half, not just a little portion so we can be connected to the church, just so we can keep in touch. I'm telling you folks, I know I'm treading on real thin ground there, but it's the truth. That's one of the things that COVID did, praise God. It caused us to get out of this box and we started doing stuff online. And I'm not against that. I believe it's a great evangelistic tool. But you got to be careful, folks, that we begin to make things convenient for people, that we lose the things. You're the, where's your, is she home with the baby today? Well, you're here. Praise God. But she told me, your wife, she told me Wednesday night, she says, man, we've been listening to the services online. But then right after that, the same breath, she said, it ain't the same. Now listen, I'm not trying to bring conviction where it isn't to be, but there's a lot of people, praise God, that are using the COVID excuse, praise God, not to come to the things of God. And you're going to have to examine yourself whether you're giving all diligence or whether or not you're beginning to use some of that stuff that, got, that, that was a byproduct of that. And listen, I'm not your judge because as these guys, these front row cr crew, I'm going to preach the same way. If they come, I'm going to still preach. You guys show up, I'm going to still give you a powerful word. I don't care you know well I do care who shows up that's bad but I'm going to preach that's just the way it is folks if there's two if there's a hundred praise God but I'm going to tell you something folks God designed for the coming together of his saints he designed for a place that you and I could come and we could get encouraged to take those baby steps again he gave us a place where we could come and get prayed for and see healing and supernatural power of God now listen to me folks you and I are going to have to get honest and we're we're going to have to diligently start seeking him praise God that's where we got to get back to and I understand that's a challenge for just about everybody in this place and the reason of it is is because we've developed some habits that are not very good and you're going to have to break those habits you're going to have to realize praise God they're not getting anywhere they're bringing depression they're bringing guilt they're bringing all kinds of shame into your life again and God never designed for that to happen and so you, you must understand, praise God, that God wants us to begin to make every effort. That's what he wants to get his church back to. He, and I'm not here again to tell you what that is exactly in your life. I can tell you what direction it is. But I'm going to tell you something. That's why it's not a cookie cutter thing. The process that God took me through probably will be a little different than yours. But the end result is there. And the direction is the same. And that's what God wants us to do. And so he lists eight things here that we diligently need to seek. And you can study this on your own when you get home. But this is what I want you to see because I'm about done here. The scripture says in verse number eight, for if these things be in you and abound. You know what that really means? Let me give the interpretation of that. You don't just know it. You're doing it and that's what God is going to, going to bring to pass he says you're neither going to be barren and the word barren there actually means idle you're going to always have something to do you're always going to have a place that you can go that's really what that means and that's the thing I discovered about you folks 40 some odd years ago is that my God you guys good you got things going all the time now, again, I understand we got to be careful. And even as a church, we must take some inventory here and say, now, what are we doing? Are we accomplishing the things of God or are we just getting together and having a good time? And I'm not against that. But I'm just saying, listen, folks, as the pastor of this church, that's the assignment I have. That's some of the things I got to pray about. And some of these decisions aren't going to be popular. But I got to make decisions based upon what God wants us to do. Because God doesn't want us to be idle or does he want us to be unfruitful. He wants us to have the fruit of the Spirit abounding. And we've just started a couple of discipleship classes on that subject. I believe that God is trying to help us in these last days. That he's trying to help us to understand that really nothing else matters but him.
And I understand that's a long trip that you and I take. But the bottom line is, I believe today, and you know, just to kind of to, uh, to put it a little bit in a nutshell here, I believe all of us today can begin to make a commitment that God, he was talking to me. I know what, you're t what he was saying there. I know that deal in my life. And again, I'm, you, you notice I've been very careful about not putting one thing above another. I'm just saying all of us know when we haven't made the, the, the kind of effort that we need to. Now listen to me, folks. That's a whole lot different than earning your way. And this is what the charismatic church accuses us of sometimes. Oh, you're just trying to earn your way to heaven. Can't do it. Tried that one for a few weeks, and man, I fell flat in my face. But I can, I can start making some effort. I can begin to let my faith begin to grow, and I can get into a place where I want to be pleasing to God in Jesus' name. What do you say? Let's stand today. Praise God. One shot at you today, and I'm, I took really two or three. But I believe the Lord is here today to help us. And I don't even know if we need a song right now. I think what we need is we need some boldness. And if you want to come down to this altar right here today, right now, and you want to pray, you're welcome to do that. Come on. Come on. There's nobody but us here. Come on. He already knew. He already knows. And we can begin to make some commitments. And I'm going to encourage you to do that. Come on, don't just sit there and, 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 and meditate on God. Begin to tell him things. Don't be afraid to speak words of faith. Begin to say some things about those areas of your life that you know need to be taken care of. Come on, let's do that. Let's do that. Come on, there's several of you that all you need to do is obey the word. You already know it. You already know what you need to do. Come on, what God wants you to do is make a commitment to him that you're going to obey it in Jesus' name. Come on, he's here today to help us. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, he's right here, right here, right now. And he loves us. Come on, there's no condemnation in here. I don't feel that one bit. I don't feel any condemnation. I feel a lot of conviction, but I don't feel condemnation. And if you'll draw nigh unto call, come on, some of you out there, why don't you start taking those baby steps towards coming to this altar? Why don't you get out of that chair and come down to this altar? Come on, that would be a tremendous thing that you could do in the name of Jesus. That's what God is looking for. He's not looking for perfection. He's looking for obedience. He's looking for someone who wants to please him. Mm, hallelujah, Jesus. Yes, Lord God. Yes, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, touch us, Lord. Help us never to be the same again. Help us not to file this message in some place where we'll never hear it again. Help us, Lord God, to let this message live on. Let it be like the voice of Abel. Let it live on, live on, live on. In the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. That's it right now. You're going to help us. You're going to help us, Lord God, to take the seed of this word and to develop it, Lord God, like you, like you want it to be in Jesus' name. Mm. Oh, hallelujah.